Good evening, everybody. Jaime Landeros with the Cantina MX Football Podcast. And joining me tonight is my compadre, Joel. Joel, how are we doing on this Monday night? Hey, Wole Jaime. Right here, man. Another another week. We're getting closer to the to the Guardianes coming to an end. Four, four match weeks left. So, uh, and it looks like it could be a bumpy ride for the Coats. Another week, another draw. <laughs> uh, Chivas tied and ended the last game of the f- match week 13 with a draw against Tijuana right there on the border. It was a snooze fest. And you know the game is bad when the most exciting part of the game was the the benches going at it and the head coach of Tijuana talking some smack and trying to get up on uh, on Chivas's grill. I'm not sure who set him off or if it was one of the assistant coaches, but, man, he wanted some action. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Chivas fans disappoint. The hate on Busek continues. Uh, but... Let's see, man, if he gets the team into Liguilla, and I know 12 teams qualify. <laughs> hey, man. But it would break. It would. Huh? We're standing. We're sitting in a solid eight position. Right where, right, yes. right where it's like, you don't want to be the the top of the class because you don't want to get too much attention. You want to you want to be right there, right in the middle, you know. No one's really yeah. paying attention to you. Yeah, but in, as Chihuahua, you know, Chihuahua fans should – Keep in mind, this team hasn't qualified in like six straight tournaments. So, uh, yeah, shouldn't care about how the team looks. <laughs> Just, at least for me, qualify, then, then worry about worry about that stuff. But uh, I want to see them in the big dance again. Yes, sir. We're going to go over match week 13. Uh, but before we do that, we did have a Partido Molero on Wednesday. And Mexico convincingly beat Guatemala 3-0. All three goals happened in the first half. Henry Martin wasted no time. Uh, six minutes into the game, Orbelin Pineda, a sight for sore eyes, going in there, scoring uh, his first goal for Mexico in the minute 28. And then Sebastian Cordova uh, scoring in minute 36. So it was a pretty good showing for Tata Martino and the players that he chose to uh defend the colors yeah you know i don't get hyped for these moleros i used to it's hard to used to want to see i used to want to see every game though but uh but but it was it was i mean the good thing is that the team is playing again because it had been a few months since their last since their last match so it's i wanted to have football yeah I can't even remember the last friendly Mexico had this year. So uh, it was it was it was nice to see them all in action. The result was expected. Um and on Wednesday we will see them again. Uh this time in Holland and they'll be playing at Johan Cruyff Arena at exactly 11:45 a.m. That's in the West Coast Pacific time. 
Um, and it will be a completely de uh, batch of players. So uh, it's going to be players that are already out in Europe and, and a mix of players that are here in, in Mexico. Um, but before I go any further, I think we have a third guest on the show. Cheekies, how your Pumas doing? Doing okay, man. Got a good, uh, well, not a not a good tie, but a, a good, sort of a good showing against America. Who, uh, sort of was weak on the on their defense. Allowed Pumas to get some uh, two goals on them. Yeah. Uh, America played Pumas. It was the what's it called the the Young Clasico or the the Capital Classic. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, man. The referees definitely had an influence on the game. Pumas were winning two one, and then <laughs> Chiki's doing his dishes. Chiki's is what's on dish on, duty. Hold on, let me let me mute <laughs> while you're talking. <laughs> um, yeah, Pumas were up two one. And then a controversial penalty call gives America the opportunity to tie the game with about nine minutes to spare. So give credit to uh, yeah to Piojo because he, to he, he hasn't lost a, a classical this this you, season. You you beat me to it, man. <laughs> I was just gonna mention it. So he's Time he's played. He he's played. Players. But still, Chiquis, this guy, he's played 49 Classicos. And so the, the you know, the, the, the legendary coach for, for Ame is Jose Antonio Roca, Argentine, who he, he coached Mexico at the 78 World Cup in Argentina, one of the worst showings of Mexico ever. Uh, <laughs> But this guy is, he's one of the, you know, historic coaches for, for the Aguilas. He coached them in 52 Clásicos. He won 21. He lost 12 and he tied 19. Uh, and, and Piojo, he has 49. So he's three. He's three from tying the guy as the most Clásicos. But he's, he already won more. He's won 25. Uh, he drew six. No, he lost six and tied 19. I mean, dude, out of 49 to only lose six. It's not bad. It's very, it's very impressive, man. Uh, I, I, you know, I see the Americanistas and it's like, oh, you guys are delusional, man. You, you, you don't know the coach you have. I get it. Team might not play the way you want it. But this dude is—he already carved himself. He's—he's he's up there, dude, with, with their all-time greats. Uh, he really is. Um, and I think he's gonna stay. Maybe I—I don't, I don't really see America sacking him just because he's—he's just—he keeps on fighting. And and like we mentioned a podcast or two ago, I mean, I'm just not being the, the team that that spent the most and brought the biggest players. They're just not that team anymore. Uh, you could put, you could put Monterrey, Tigres, and even Cruz Azul, you know, ahead of them. And um, I'm not really saying that as a knock. It's just Televisa, you know, when we see what's going on with, with TV, because that affects, you know, who owns America or 
Televisa and their uh, media conglomerate, but I'm pretty sure the, their, their main bread moneymaker is TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see how it's changing because online, you know, people are just not watching TV the way they did um, because there's just so many options now, streaming and whatnot. So I think that that has hurt them and and we've seen it at least with Ame with the, they don't go on those spending sprees where at one point they had up to like 20 foreigners on, on payroll. Of course, they'll loan them all out, but that's how many they would own. And now you see that with like Monterrey or Tigres. That's not them. They got in more smart about it. But So what you're telling me is Chivas TV has... <laughs> Has bled them out, you know. It's it's done its job. No, not, not quite. I say like the Netflixes and the, <laughs> Blim. the YouTube TV and all of that. Blim. Stuff. You know, say no police. And she was, and, and then Cheeky's hacking fire sticks and whatnot. You know. I'll tell you who's who's not sticking around. Paco Palencia got canned from Mazatlan, and uh, or Paco. Before we before we take the uh, black nail polish off his fingers, <laughs> but, let me just go back to the Pumas game real quick. Have you guys talked about it already? No, no. Okay, so Giovanni was totally you know he started. Yoko put him in the start. He was just pretty much I don't know where he was the whole game. He eventually took <laughs> him out for uh, uh, for Suarez. Defense let some pretty weak. Uh, Goals. There was a there was a pretty good shot that should have went in. The goalie, you know, was it Memo Ochoa? The goalie did a good job in replacing Memo and was able to block that. So it could have been an early goal for Pumas. And Pumas scored, of course, the two. And the pressure was always on during the whole game by America. They just couldn't capitalize. Uh, Henry Martin also choked on a couple of occasions. Didn't really play up to, uh, he, you know, what he normally does. So overall, as a team, I think America let that game go um, because they had plenty of opportunities they had plenty of control of the game um, but Pumas you know, held them off and America didn't capitalize and they got the tie so for Kyoho to get praise here I mean I understand he's you know, he's got history on his side and he's you know he's he's in third place it's true um, but if you look at the details you can sort of see why America needs to start like in Chinkies it was his third straight Third straight yeah, classical, yeah, and yeah. some of Maybe his players. From the Chivas perspective, where like you're used to being on the bottom of the table, so like third, you're like, oh man, I've never seen this before. <laughs> well, you know, nah, it's, geez, come on, come on. The, the schedule is is difficult, you know, three classicals in a row, and the, you know they pulled some yeah. of his players for the for the friendly against Guatemala, and you don't have Ochoa who you know got injured because of the he's, the training. Yeah, he's gonna miss pretty much until the end of the. He should miss like the end of the season. He might, he might be back for um, like for Ligilla maybe. And even then, are you going to want to risk it playing playing a player recovery? And that's that's another positive that you mentioned right there, um, Jaime. He this dude manages to do it with with all these setbacks, and so that's that's why he deserves the praise. I know he got some criticisms because draws and whatnot, but. It's not easy to do what he's doing. That's why he's up there with Roca, uh, pretty much surpassed him on wins, and why he's not going to get beat for a long time. 
just because what we see in Liga MX, coaches rarely last long. And so he's going to hold on to that record for a very long time. Uh, but but yeah, he, he does deserve, man. It's it's not easy, Chiquis. It's not easy, man. So... <laughs> And it's not going to continue to be easy because they will be playing Leon next, who are currently in first place. And Leon actually, uh, if I'm not mistaken, won their match against Mazatlan, and that was the the dagger for Paco Palencia. <laughs> um, so yeah, take out your nail polish, guys. He's he's done. I think that that was a bit premature. I mean, yeah. I mean it's that's... Mazatlan, man. What do you who do you what do you expect? Somebody do with Masatlan. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, going off their Twitter, as a, as a, they were going to be world beaters, you know. But in reality, yeah, but, all that. He yeah, has the club. You, you don't. You don't want to start already. Like they're already going the the route of the the usual Mexican club of let's just sack the coach. Like I, I would just let him finish the season, uh, if you feel that he's not the guy, then you start looking for someone, and then you, you know, when the season ends, you you give Valencia, you know, shake his hand and send them on his way, and you bring the the other guy, but but to bring a coach, Tomas Boy, like that, by with, the way, with, is who's and, replacing uh, it, <laughs> and see he keeps putting himself in these situations because. He's tagged us, you know, it's it's easy for fans to just criticize because we're watching on TV and we don't do the dia al dia and all that. And he gets called trash, but I mean, far from it, man. Very few people are going to know the game the way he does just because how he's lived it as a player and coach, just being involved. But he's not that bad. He's just he's just made some mistakes because we've seen what he did at... um with Morelia and then with Atlas and he, he saved Atlas from relegation and he, he took, I think he took Morelia to the final. can't remember, but he had pretty decent record at Cruz Azul. I think he, he ended up like getting too involved with like fans and media, like, cause he's, he is known for being like a hothead. Um, I just posted his, I, uh, his points possible percentage with all the clubs he's been with and none of them have hit uh, the 50% mark except for uh, Morelia back in 2009 to 2012 and Cruz Azul back in 2015-2016 so he's just one of those coaches you you recycle man you know you throw in there yeah but but look at, and I, and I, at this point I can't defend them you want to be smart of when you come in and for him to take the job with four games left is is just another smear on him because what people are gonna remember is like oh Mazatlan finished in whatever spot, and so you you know the way he came, when he came to Chivas and he he came into a dumpster fire <laughs> that the, yep. the directiva had had doused in gasoline, and you know they they give him like. A shovel, so he could try to put it off with some dirt, and he just looked bad, like right away, and and it was hard for him to ever, you know, win win fans over. Just yeah, this dude. But I mean, money must be good, you know. He's like, 
you, you don't even care at this point. You're guaranteed a, a one-year check or whatever. So you don't care if you get fired. The money's in the mail. He reminds me of, like, you know, that, I don't know if you guys seen that infomercial, usually on daytime television, where it's, like, this big-ass thing of, big-ass tub of water, and then they show, like, this putty, and, you know, they drill a hole into the tub, and it's, like, leaking water, and they slam this putty into the into the tub, and then it stops leaking. Uh, I think that's Tomas Boy. He's just, like, the putty that you guys stick and on, you know, <laughs> on a sinking ship, but, you know, hey, we're going to try and put you in there and see if you can just stop the bleeding, I guess. Um, but Mazatlan are now sitting in second to last place with 10 points. And, uh, only Atletico San Luis is behind them with eight. So they had a, a beating three zero to Tigres and, uh, yeah, Atleti not doing so hot. Yeah. Atleti man. There was a makeup game for Tijuana, so they played on Wednesday, same day as the Mexico friendly, and they beat Juarez. So it's kind of like a border battle there because they're both located near the borders and stuff. But yeah, the the Chivas game very disappointing, zero uh, zero draw, and uh, that was a game that you know should have been three points for Fualajara um, because Tijuana is got their TV rights with Fox. I actually had to watch the game in, in English and it was Kobe Jones talking and uh, besides wanting to blow my brains out, they were just saying, you know, this was a game <laughs> for Chivas to like, you know, this was a guaranteed three points. Like they were supposed to go up there and win and they didn't. And they were also analyzing the game that, you know, Chivas just have a really tough time with their decision-making in the final third. And, and Macias, man, he just, where is this guy? This guy's gone missing. Um, he got subbed out actually, and Chivas needed a goal, and you you sub out your best player or your best striker, so it was uh, definitely a question questionable game for for Vucetich. I don't know, I don't understand his his substitutions. I don't understand what he's what he's trying to do there, but um, to pull Macias, man, it's just like damn, makes me miss Polido, who got named. Man of the uh, of the week for MLS player of the of the week. He scored two goals. Good for Pulido. And he's going to Holland for the friendly. Wait, he he ended up I didn't know he was called, did he? Yeah. Did he get called cuz of the cuz players or was he just called from the beginning? Uh no, no, no. He, uh so he's uh he got called up on the original list, Martin Henry Martin, Pulido, Chucky, Lozano, Tecatito, and Raul. Those are the, the strikers. So yeah. he, he scored. He scored on the... Yeah. I've seen none of his goals. He scored two so of them. Good for him, then. Yeah. I'm a fan, because, uh, like, I mean, not, I'm not really a fan, but I uh, I remember the days whenever he got kidnapped, and he, like, battled his way out of it. I was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. This dude's, a, this dude's a macho, man. He, 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 he may be wearing, like, skinny jeans and short shorts and all this stuff. Dude, yeah, and he he goes against the 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 kidnappers and stuff, and he's freed himself. <laughs> this guy, this he guy, a man, man. He watches Billy Blank's Ty Bo Ho videos. You know, he's got that. He's got that down. Self defense. Yeah, that I don't know. And for those listening that 
might not get Chinky's reference. So when Pulido returned to Mex from Greece, I think was he on was he just vacationing in Mex, Chiquis? Or had he already signed with Chivas? I think this was um, before Chivas. So he was he was in no no, he was in Greece and I think he vacationed. He came back to Mex as like a vacation and um like during the during the off season. And so supposedly he was kidnapped and he managed to like free himself and then he kung fu fought his way to safety. And <laughs> and the, the weird thing is that like it was reported, but then it was I think his brother who went on the news to talk about it because he didn't want to talk about it. So he never gave like a first hand account. We got a second hand account. He's probably, you know. Not something you want to talk about, especially if it's still, you know, burning to your brain. Maybe down the road he'll <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> it's, it it just seemed fake. Yeah, normally I'd be hating on a on a dude for going to MLS and you know saying that okay that's not the best thing in his career. He's doing good. He's he's doing better. Uh, he's doing better than Macias. Oh, and Chivas, yeah, Macias, uh, like uh, Pizarro hasn't, you know. Wait, wait, but but I knew Ellis, I knew Ellis. <laughs> he, he is an MLS. Macias been choking. Huh? Man. Yeah, he's missed a few penalties, but I mean, but, he's but, he's there. Lido but I mean, with Chivas, uh, Macias has yeah, but... met up to what Pulido has done with Chivas. So once Pulido, once Macias got, yeah, of course, money, he's he was there longer, but he he did have some seasons where he was a dud. And I remember the I remember the Chivas hermanos would would make the excuse that, well, he drops to midfield to help win back the ball. Is it? But but to me, it's like that's not what they brought him for. You you don't pay eighteen million so that he could come and help win possession back. They brought him so he could score goals, and he did at the beginning. He scored clutch goals. He helped with the doblete. And then he sort of disappeared, and then he reappeared with winning the goal, the goal scoring title, which just kind of confirmed what I was saying. Where it's like, cause he, he, to me, I think he is. He does have that talent. He's he's able to do that. Funny that you mentioned that Joel Angel Mata in the comment section mentions that Pulido finished uh, tied as the top goal scorer in Liga Mekis, got no call up, and uh, then he goes to the MLS. He's got five goals under his name. He gets called up. Makes no sense. Was, was Tata the coach? Um, it's a good question. I don't think he was. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, also like like situations change, you know. Yeah. Some of the players, like like Chicharro's stock has dropped. Mm-hmm. He's just not the player he was. But and, and he's throwing hands other with players... uh, he's throwing hands with Chris Wondolowski. <laughs> Other players have aged out, like Orbelin. Not Orbelin, I mean Oribe, Hermoso. So, you know, the, the you know, situations change. So, I mean, Puli, Puli's there, and uh, he's he's always been, you know, because he's always sort of been on the radar because he's, he's been getting called up since he was a youth. I think Pulido right now, I mean, 
keep in mind, we don't really have a large pool of Mexican strikers. So I'll take what we can, what we can, what we have. And like you mentioned, Chicharito right now is out of the picture. Carlos Vela is out of the picture. Our best striker is Raul Jimenez. And in that number two spot, I mean, who, who do you even give it to? Macias isn't performing the way he, we, we thought he would. Henry Martin, I guess. I mean, he would be next in kin. But, I mean, Pulido, why not? Why not give him the opportunity? Even though it is the, the Mickey Mouse League. But right now, our options are very, very, <laughs> very limited. And uh, we'll see if he even gets minutes in that Holland game. Um, I don't think Chucky Lozano is going to make it because uh, I believe there's a COVID situation happening in Napoli. So I don't think he's going to Holland. Um, let's go over some more results over the weekend. There was a pretty entertaining game with Querétaro and Rayados. Um, Monterrey was up 1-0, and then in the 85th minute, Querétaro tied it only for Stefan Medina to uh, get the game winner two minutes, two minutes later. So that was a pretty entertaining match yesterday. And Monterrey won 2-1, and they are currently sitting in sixth position uh, right behind Tigres. Then we had uh, Toluca. A surprising victory over Cruz Azul with an interim coach. So you get rid of Chepo and you yeah, start winning I, games. I'm, I'm not surprised. <laughs> we, we, at least me. I'm, I'm gonna put on my tinfoil hat and say the players they they didn't like him. You know, let let tendieron la cama. Andale, okay. Well, there there was talk about you know locker room problems, and that's one of the reasons they sent. Talavera to to Pumas, so he's on loan at Pumas, yeah, and that's he's right. been he's been pretty key for them, you know. He's he's been doing a pretty good job of, you know, taking over from from their legendary um, what's his name, Chiquis? Cristante? No, man, at Pumas. Oh, este Bernal. No, no, come on. Chiki should know this. Come on. It's, it's, uh... Hold on a second. Is he talking about Picolin? <laughs> you, you... Picolin, of course, man. The Picolin. <laughs> Pico Dios, man. He's, he's... Chiki was trying to Google it, man. He was, Come on, he was... My background. I didn't, I didn't hear what you were talking about. Oh, he was washing dishes. He was... <laughs> he's, he's washing the... No, but I mean, yeah, he's... He came in and that's... You know, we have a really good keeper, you know, and I think um, he's been doing a good job. But word was that he was one of the one of the persons causing problems there. And. um, But but yeah, I'm not surprised, man. All of a sudden this guy's gone and now these Mm. players are 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 giving it their all. Uh, So, yeah, le tendieron la cama. Cruces? So a little, go huh? ahead. sorry, go ahead. I feel a little, I feel a little bad for Chep just because he's had an, he's had such a bad deal. As far as like not being able to, at least 
have a good good um directiva to work with so for example he returns to chivas and takes him to the copa final and he takes the team to the semifinals which they had not been in years and um then they boot him people are gonna say for results but that doesn't make sense it was like five games into the season you know <clears throat> but but it, it was it was the whole takeover at this point when you get i was cleaning house so you could you i could see why the de la torres weren't they weren't taking orders from him so he he boot them out uh he goes to santos and he had a pretty you know he 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 helped put that team and they were doing like all right but i, I think he just couldn't get through to the players and this is when Zivoldi takes over and and they go on to win it all with Zivoldi. um and then he Right here, Toluca, you would think Toluca, where he's won two league titles, they would have more faith in him, and apparently they did not. And, and uh, you know, for so many games left in the season and, and they're still in the fight, you know, it's, it's, this is this is why you end up looking bad a lot of times uh, taking these coaching jobs. One of the discussions we had, Cheekies, when we had it, I forgot when, maybe like two, three pots ago, we were talking about Oh, it was it was the um, Gonzalo Pineda, right? Like he did not want to come to Pumas, and we were talking about he was just not going to have those guarantees that he might get at the Sounders or wherever he is. That he's one of the assistant coaches, and and so we kind of do see it with certain teams are just more willing to to let you work with. We see with uh, Mati at San Jose, man. I don't think he would have lasted that long in Liga MX. I think by the second or third wash they would have <laughs> flushed him down the toilet. But uh from what we saw with Matias they they Laguantaron and he won two games in back to back and both both classicos for San Jose and both against the Galaxy and the LAFC. So I mean sometimes you just need to, you know, let 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 the coach work. Yep. A little bit of a head scratcher for Cruz Azul because the only three defeats they've had this, this season, uh, the, <laughs> the first one was against Gallos, the second one against Atlas, and now against Toluca. It's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> head scratcher. Yeah. yeah, for being one of the candidates. They're in second um, place. To lose. To lose. Yeah, but not not just because they're in second, you know, just overall how they've been performing mm-hmm. since last season and the season before. They're they're one of the strongest and, and squad, you know, like just, just the players top to bottom, bench, all of that. So yeah, they're one of the candidates. But that that's why like when having a coach like Buse can pay off because you make it to Liguilla and and Buse is the type of coach that could get you some of these type of wins. Yeah. Um, Cruz Azul will probably, probably stake around in the, in the top three, top four while, you know, before this is all said and done. Um, but yeah, they're definitely one of those 
suspicious teams. You know, it's like, eh. <laughs> then again, fluke results happen all the time, as we've seen in the English Premier League. Uh, Man United getting a 6-1 defeat, and then uh, Liverpool also losing 7-2 against Austin Villa. So, I mean, right now this is happening all over the globe, these unpredictable results. They're not just in Mexico. Um, Juarez and Pachuca tied 1-1 yesterday. Another goal for Pocho Guzman, which, god damn, I wish we had him because he's exactly what we need. Hopefully we can yeah. get him back. I don't know. Well, there there was that, you know, for Chivas that day, and they, it was too much of a gamble because you – they weren't sure if what the ruling was going to be. And so this guy was, he was facing a pretty lengthy suspension. So, I mean, you just can't buy a player that you're not going to use. You know, that they could be, you're going to pay what they were paying about what close to 10 million or something like that. It was a Um, lot of money. Yeah. It was, it was going to be the top transfer and, and, and for the club and, and to, to pay all that money and then you this guy gets gets sent to the freezer and then that's it. You're just gonna pay him to to sit at home and he, I guess he could maybe play the esports league for you, but <laughs> that's that's just yeah, it was bad business. So yeah, Chivas had to send him back and uh but I, if if everything's clear and, and he's he's doing good, I, I you know, I uh I do, I do think uh, the club should go after him again. Yeah. Throw in Chonkies, you know, get rid of him. <laughs> and then just use that money to uh, to buy Pocho. Well, uh, it depends how much, though. <laughs> how much will you get, man? I don't know, man. Uh, a, I'm sure he's still worth... A box of frozen gancitos, dude. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah, I think he would have been a... Man, just a breath of fresh air in that midfield, helping the attack. And, uh, I mean, he's doing well for Pachuca. Um, well, the offer, the offer that, 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 uh, he did, that, uh, uh, trophies did get, and it's from MLS. So, was it? There's that. Yeah, he, he said it in an interview. Oh. So, I mean, there's, there's still that, you know, where they could, I wonder who they it could was. Just sell him abroad. Um, it's one of the new clubs. Oh, was it? It was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I I forget the name, but it was one of the newer clubs, oh. not not like Galaxy or LAFC or oh, okay, any of those teams. Yeah, it was. Um, and then Atlas they beat Necaxa, or sorry, they lost to Necaxa one zero. Uh, Nakaxa's first victory after man six or seven jornadas, so they're no longer in in the dead last position. And now, with twelve points, um, I mean, you can't even rule out the possibility of Ligia because Juarez are in twelfth position with fourteen. So it's it's so crazy, man. It's like you have. Less points than the amount of games you've played, but you can still have the possibility of squeezing into the yeah, it's just 
don't know. <laughs> it's kind of concerning, man, but it is what it is. Uh, those are all the results for match day 13. We're going to start uh, basically slowing down because uh, Mexico will have two friendlies and Liga Mekis will not resume play until uh, the 15th, which is 10 days from now. Uh, there will be a makeup match day 12 for Santos versus Tijuana on the 11th. Uh, that's a Sunday. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like the focus right now will be on El Tri against their match against Holland and Algeria. So I don't know if you guys and, have, and have any uh, predictions or, or thoughts about these upcoming friendlies. No, uh, friendlies, friendlies. I don't, I don't. I don't put much stock into them. I know people are going to be looking forward to the to the game against Holland just because Mexico doesn't doesn't face opponents of that caliber, you know, regularly. So that should be an entertaining game. But I I just don't put stock because a lot of times they don't mean much. You could get washed. That doesn't mean you suck. Or you could you could whoop on them and and that that's not going to make you the world beaters. Um, it's just a friendly. A lot of times, is I I put more stock in to see how certain players are doing, or if you know the saying "si les pesa la camiseta," or if maybe you start seeing some interesting combinations of you know some of these players how they how they pair up and whatnot. That's that's usually what I look forward to. Um, but no, nah, I don't. I, I don't know, man. I just been. Haven't looked forward to any selection stuff. Maybe when qualifying, World Cup qualifying resumes, you know. But I just, I just, I don't know. I just haven't, yeah, haven't cared about about what's going on with with me selection in mix. Yeah, high standards. You, uh, you want to see the best of uh, competition, and that's just not a friendly. Chicky, you're kind of low. It's not even a. But you can't hear me. I could Not barely. Even, He's uh, like you're, you're whispering sweet nothings into my ear. We have entered the ASMR mm-hmm. section of mm-hmm. this podcast. <laughs> you're gonna have to you, bring me chocolates and and take me, me to meet your parents, Chiggy. <laughs> <laughs> Say it with your chest. <laughs> messed up. All right, we just gotta be really quiet for Chiggy's to. I was just saying that the the national team like going through real competition real competitions right now so people like to see actual uh, non-friendly competitive matches and the national team is just not at that moment right now so even CONCACAF like CONCACAF qualifying a lot of times is just okay Mexico beating up on these teams uh, unless you're talking about when Chepo coached <laughs> then uh, there's a little bit of challenge going on, but yeah, wait until qualifying, then then you can enjoy your national team stuff. As of right now, Mexico ranks 11th in the world according to Coca-Cola, and Netherlands are in 13th position. So we are actually the better team according to Coca-Cola. You, oh, well, that's that's you know what that you just make the game that much more interesting for me, and we did talk about this. How mm-hmm. Max could push for us to be a seeded team. Yeah. Yeah. So so now I, I you've just given me an incentive. Just given me a reason to watch. Yes, an incentive like, to watch this 
in Nigeria's game. You'll be uh, like, you or know, at least, or at least to care for the result. You know uh, what, Maury yeah. and Jerry Springer and Doctor Phil, <laughs> I will not be tuning in. Uh, instead, I'll be watching Mexico play at you know during the daytime television. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 a big right there. That's that's a biggie, and so that's 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 good for that. <clears throat> All right, I'm so gonna let's see what happens. I want to throw something out there because it's kind of hard not to talk about it. Um, but uh, the men's national uh, team, the U.S. men's national team, uh, they just had another significant transfer during this window that just closed today. And uh, one of their promising stars has joined Barcelona. So, uh, guys, is the is the gap closing or is this just some more humo, some more smoke? Chiquis, you can go first. The gap doesn't close until an actual match takes place. Um, Serginho, death sort of promising. Like a lot of U.S. national team fans are are really hyped about this. But, uh, it doesn't matter until we actually go against Mexico and we see how these guys actually work out. Like we, what uh, what's the dude's name that uh, had three assists? They're they're calling it the hat trick of assists. Chio. Um, are you talking about Gio Reyna? Gio, Gio Reyna. Yeah, they're going crazy about him getting the hat trick and the assist. And oh, he's six, like when, 17. Yeah, he's 17 years old. Dortmund. He was born in England. He's the son, of course, of uh, Claudio Reyna. So, you know, he's he's been brought up to love soccer. And, he's you know, he's a promising kid. But uh, when they play the Mexican national team, that's what I want to see. I want to see exactly. what happens. Because when all the hype was around Christian Pulisic, and they went up against Mexico. You know, Mexico won. They lost. Yeah. Christian <laughs> Pulisic. He he did have some good moments, but you know he didn't. He couldn't take the team. Well, there's there's the thing, Chiquis, because because the thing is that they're all of those guys are still very young, so the, it's projected that that in in a few years, with that core of of talent, that they will overtake Mex. So as of now, uh, you could say no, but it is it is like it is like what some some fans are like I guess predicting or or fans and experts and armchair tacticians and whatnot, Lavesina and all that. So they're they're seeing that and they're like just licking their chops. It's and we that was, and, and because yeah, that was us like ten years ago with Vela and Gio and Jonah, you know. Yeah. It was, yeah, exactly. But I, I would say maybe one difference is that these guys are getting more playing time. So like Dest, hope I'm saying his name right, he was playing with Ajax and now it remains to be seen if he's going to be a starter or get significant time with Barca. But that's still a big move to go from Ajax to Barca and then Gio Reyna starting at 17 and whatnot. So he, and then Pulisic, he's, he's, you know, playing and he's been, he's been already playing for a while. So I mean that's I would say that's that's more of a difference because uh Gio was never able to break into the first team. And then he went to Tottenham and then he he got sent to lower divisions and then um with with Vela it took him a while. He couldn't break into he couldn't break into the um Arsenal and eventually took him out to to he found you know at Real Sociedad to he like, you know, just that's where he ended up doing really good. 
but and then Jonah as well. He he same. He couldn't he couldn't at Barca, but he ended up doing good at Villarreal. But it, it took him a bit. I would say overall, it took, it took them a bit longer. These guys seem to be going uh, a bit more accelerated. The the brass, it could be for yeah. different. The brass taxes. Our players didn't pan out. Vela had a respectable career in Europe, but you know with Gio and Jonah, they definitely fell below expectations. Now I will give Jonah a little bit of slack because he has always performed for the Mexican national team, and uh, I'll give him that. But I guess the difference is these players are are joining these clubs um, at a, at a young age, and and like uh, I mean. Pulisic is is playing for Chelsea and he's not just like on the bench, you know, he's actually contributing to their success. So I guess I can understand where the hype is coming in from, but like, oh, yeah, cause, cause, cause they're playing and they're in big clubs. Yeah. As, as, and I could say our max like golden generation was, um, when they were in big clubs, they weren't playing and then they ended up playing, but at smaller clubs. So that's, that's the difference. But but I think it still remains to be seen how much of an impact these guys will have, and if they're going to, you know, if they're going to stay there. And I'm not saying this to hate. Yeah, this this kid did the the three um three assists, but it could have just been that game, you know. Let let's see how he pans out before people start, you know, already, you know. Hey, one thing celebrating because you and we did mention this a, a while back about how they had Julian Green at Bayern Munich and how they were talking about that this guy was going to be the next the next Freddie Adu and I haven't heard of that guy since man you know <laughs> that, that, that reminds me of, uh, of that era of the U.S. national team so there's been some talk because I think recently. Uh, Serginho Dest had an interview in English and I didn't listen to it but I just looked at the replies and apparently he's got an accent so he was born well, in yeah because he's what, what yeah. is he? and he's, his mom is oh he's Dutch, Dutch. His, dad, his dad is or no his mom is Dutch yet his dad is American mm. he grew up playing in the Ajax Youth Academy until until uh Oh, no, in Almere City until 2012. Then he moved to Ajax Youth Academy. So he's that's he's, that's one thing I look at Mexican players. Like, where did they grow up? Where did they develop? Did Mexico really develop them? And for the United States national team, this was the same thing that happened back uh, with Jurgen Klinsmann. They had uh, uh, I yeah, the German, the German-born players. German, they're all German players, and for and that just goes to back to the US not being a soccer nation, not developing, you know, young soccer talent. Chick is lucky hating on Pochos again. They have to rely on the naturalized or the just Archie just say Chickies. Just, just say you're you're not finding a Sergio Test in East LA or a, hey, you're not, you're not or a Gio, or a Gio Reyna in Austin, Texas. Yeah, you're not finding <laughs> him, you're not finding him in FC Miami or in Lake. <laughs> Or in uh, North Carolina, you know? Too much soft, cheeky. These kids, too much. These kids aren't going to be playing no soccer sport, man. I, it's just like... You I agree. People, like, I, I was I was talking to some guys on a, on a class I'm taking, 
and they were talking all like hockey and stuff and i was just waiting for someone to say hey albert what's your uh what's your sport what what sport do you like no and no I'm one like, asked you chickies am, am i gonna say soccer and then have them make fun of me or what you know this is the united states dude. All right, but, but no one asked you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> waited, and, and no one asked for his opinion. No one asked, dude. And I ain't commenting because they were talking about like uh, <laughs> hockey and, and college football, and then oh, basketball is more fun to watch because it's fast pace and stuff like that. Once they started getting into like fast pace, if I was to mention soccer, man, they'd be like, "Oh, I'm, I'm in the fifteenth minute. I'm falling asleep and stuff." Yeah. Um, I can <laughs> Mata in the comments saying that. Memphis Depay, Van de Beek, De Jong, De Litt are going to rip us apart. That spine is elite. Uh, this is in regards to the Holland match on Wednesday. Um, and uh, he says these transfers of the U.S. men's national team players in elite clubs is financial doping by USSF, ESPN, Fox, and two DNA are hyping them up. This is a big gamble if these guys flop. So, thanks for your input there, Angel Mata. Oh, wait, this, so he's talking about the English soccer coverage are hyping up the U.S. national team players. Is that what he's saying? No, he's saying uh, like the the you know the Lat the Latin X sporting <laughs> uh, networks are hyping them up. ESPN, the but you know they Fox they've Sports. always done they've always oh, done that. No, you you know what they, this this has always been because the Mex, especially Mex, the press in Mex, they always been very salty. They, yeah, but they always like they have always looked at the U.S. for some reason, even though Mex has like the more, you know, they they they've been the more prestige team, they've been the more successful, but. but uh, I I hear myself with echo. I can hear yourself too. <laughs> What's going on there, man? Is it, am I am I in the future? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's uh, Cheeky's. Cheeky's, do you have the YouTube on? <laughs> God damn it, Cheeky's. Here, I'll mute him. Go on, Joel. <laughs> no, so let's go back to when Donovan was, was one of the youth. And they had a couple. There was like three or four. Uh, the Marcus Beasley, Donovan, and I forgot who, but they ended up doing really good at a under twenty, I think it was. It was like a FIFA Youth Tournament, and they did so well. And and the whole talk was that that um that they were gonna surpass us, and how they're they're more you know better prepared and whatnot. And what we ended up seeing was Mexico goes on to win two under 17s and then an Olympic gold medal. It was hasn't gotten close to that. So and and so I've always seen it. Even even you go even further back to when the US had the project twenty ten. Uh huh. Hello? I'm here. Still here. We're listening. Okay. Hello? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just saying. So, so it's just the same stuff all over again. Yeah. You know, like like they just every so years it's like they forget, and they start it up 
all over again with the whole, the whole, um, we're not working right and, and they're going to overtake us. And it just hasn't happened. But, you know, it's like you, you see it with football. It's, it's pretty random how you, you will eventually, like it could come in waves where you end up getting so many good players or you could hit dry spells where you just don't have that talent. So sometimes it don't matter. You could be doing everything right. Like you've seen it with um, like Ajax. You know, for years they had like one of the best, one of the best like youth setups, and then and then it just dried up. And and for a while they just they weren't producing until just recently again they started. You know, and 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 you see it with, with I mean, with probably Barcelona right now. They're not. They haven't really taken anyone from La Masia. You know. And as as they were at one point, where it's like they seem to just be churning out talent after talent, so that's bound to happen. Where the U.S. is just gonna have a good Kamala of talent, but I I don't think the press is, you know, they're not gonna. They need to sell. They need the clickbait. So of course they're always gonna go with the yeah. comparisons and the doom and gloom and all that. I just don't understand why we're constantly looking into our rearview mirror. <clears throat> we should not be concerned about what the United States is up to and what players are going where. And I never understood the obsession with that. It's like, we need to be focusing on like playing against teams like Holland, like Belgium, like France, like Germany, Brazil. We need to start lo- worrying about countries outside of our, of our region because these, these, these uh, CONCACAF tournaments are a joke, man. And it's like, yeah, you know, they keep saying, oh, the gap is closing or we almost had you when it comes to like Conca Champions League and all that. But it's just like, come on, man. Like until you guys actually win a trophy, like, you know, we're just going to worry about ourselves. And there, there also hasn't really been like, oh, a guarantee that because you export more players abroad and because you have more players in, you know, these leagues it hasn't really translated to the national team success, you know, and, and we've talked about it. It's, I feel like it's like a dead horse at this point, but you know, majority of yeah. our, of our, of our, of our team used to be domestic. Like the Mexican national team used to be domestic for a long, long time, you know, and we've still shown up in the world stage. So it's like, it doesn't really matter, you know? No. And, and but you know, on the other side of the token, I think if the U S does end up having this really good, this really good team, it, I think it's it's good for the rivalry and and it it will also, you know, give Mex that kick in the ass to, to keep improving. So I think that's that is a positive right there. Yeah, Mexico's chilling. They're like, hey, look, these these guys are are our Gringo friends are willing to overpay for our players to play in their league, you know, and they let us have friendlies out here. Then we <laughs> we make a killing out here. So. You know, they're just collecting their cash and their Mexico will continue to produce mediocre results, uh, you know, but consistent results. Round of 16 team, man, where that's just who we are. Um, but I think we'll, our chances will be good for the the World Cup in 2026 with the, with when it's here. With the 42 teams. No, I mean, is it, is it going to 42 in, in, in Qatar? I want to say it's 48. Yeah, so that... Yeah. <laughs> Once the World Cup hits like fifty-four teams, I think we'll be, <laughs> we'll be 
just because it is like 60 teams. So yeah, we'll be playing more than a quinto partido just because yeah, you know, of how many teams. We finally got the quinto partido, guys. Uh, <laughs> with 100 teams left. Hey, but but you know, like like even though it's it's uh, you know quinto partido campeones, there's only two teams that that have qualified from group stage since the '94 World Cup. So from the '94 World Cup until the last, only two teams have consistently qualified and made it out of the group stage, and that's Brazil and Mex. Exactly. Uh, teams that have fallen, teams that have fallen, Argentina, uh, with Bielsa as coach, failed to get out of the group stage. Uh, Italy, uh, France, Germany, France. So we've seen some big teams that failed to get out of Croatia. No, but but I don't. They don't count as much as like those, you know, those historic teams. <clears throat> Yeah, and plus, and what was that? Chiquis? But yeah, Chiquis is back. I've been thinking of like a like a theory, man. This is some crazy theoretical stuff. Do we have like, to put on our tinfoil hats? Uh, it's just like scenario type of stuff. Like, say, so whenever the Mexican national team like almost failed to go to the World Cup, I was sort of thinking like, oh, man, I hope I hope they lose, and you know, and they don't go to the World Cup. And it really makes some change happen, like uh, you know, 2014. Yeah, not to, yeah, not not to not to be like <clears throat> negative, but like burn it all down and then just rebuild from scratch. <laughs> um, but uh, so like if that were to happen, like could, could some real change happen? Then, but then I think of like the culture, man, like the Mexican culture. I would go to Mexico and watch the national team, and then they would end up losing, and all the the people in Mexico would be like, oh, that national team doesn't is is no good. They they suck. They're no you know they're they'll they'll never win anything and all this stuff. And it's just like negativity then we see that with the press like wanting to hype the u.s players and all this stuff and oh they're going to beat mexico and oh mexico's not the the gigante from concacaf uh, and all this stuff and if if this like culture is is left in mexico and like the the, the pocho mexican the pocho guy in the u.s it adopts like some other type of attitude and mentality winning mentality and if the u.s i mean Take it. Take the take the women's national team for example. The U.S. women's are there because um, you know they have the mentality. They have the seasoned players uh, in soccer. No, but and, but they had. Imagine, well, well, imagine, imagine a bunch of pochos in the U.S. growing with that same mentality. You know, maybe maybe sub to like a sub team to the U.S. national team when they no, eventually but, win like two World Cups. But and these but guys come in and then Mexico increases. The 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 women's is not a good comparison because uh if just co- compared to the rest of the world like like the u.s overall had more opportunities for female soccer players so i mean just from high school and then college uh and then all the all the colleges universities that practice the sport and not just practice it but uh they passed the title x law which meant they were gonna get, you know, funds from uh, like from the school that, you know, how they allocate funds to the sports teams, and so that that law that passed made it so that uh, I'm not too sure on the law, which uh, Ron or 
or Yon were here, but but that they had enough money. So they, they just had money to, to have those programs, which meant you could recruit good players, uh, you could have good coaches. And so that's just... A, I get that. That just became a big. That just became a big advantage. Yes, over. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I know that. What you're, what you're saying, pretty much, with all the Title IX and all that stuff. Is yeah. Women, women were more often seen playing sports, and and liberated, if you want to call it that, and had more. I won't say like rights or anything, but they were more likely to be out there doing, you know, like their full time job playing sports, going pro the other country. And so they had the advantage. They started playing soccer. Yeah. Because, I mean, look. In any other country. Look, look, look at Megs. Their league just started. They went last year or two years ago. And so, I mean, yeah. that makes a and, big and difference. All, all, their, all their players, like all the best Mexican players are probably from the United States. They went to United <laughs> States universities. <laughs> hey, Chiquis. Oh, and so I don't know about that one. Chiquis, uh, wait, wait, Chiquis, is that? Yeah, it is. It has been, yeah. I know some Chiquis. of the Juarez players are from, from from over here, but yeah. Oh, the national well, Chiquis, team for Mexico has been... Is that the exception to, to the Pocha rule? To the Pocha rule? Because you... Well, yeah, well, so I'm, my, my, my theory is sort of going off a little bit. So you are correct on what you're saying. Saying that if Mexican players can leave behind that negativity culture in Mexico some type of winning culture in the United States as pochos and not be like looking to the United States as, Oh, there are, you know, there rivals, are little brother rivals. And we need, you know, we need to always beat them. No, we need to look at bigger things. Like Jaime, you were saying, we need to look at beating the Netherlands. We need to look at beating Germany and all this stuff and forget about CONCACAF. Exactly. Um, but we're all obsessed with like, <laughs> Oh, we, we we're struggling with the United States or, you know, we, Oh, we're going to like Feitelson said today, uh, Oh, what a what an honor to go play the national the, the Netherlands national team and you know this is a really great opportunity. They're so you know they're such a huge team for us and all, you know just like honoring them and stuff. And that's yeah, that's see that's that's where I I, yeah. I don't like the whole writing the Euro nuts just because oh you could play in Europe or you play those and that you get better and I just I've I've never been in that train of thought. My thing has been if you improve your league. Uh, then you don't have to worry about it. Like Brazil, Argentina, they, you know, they don't, they, they don't have to depend on stuff because their leagues are solid and at least in player development. So I think that's that's where Max falters because they produce very little players. They they just they don't like if you look at a four year cycle, they end up calling about eighty players will get called into camp for the national team. So then if you look at how many Mexican players there are in Liga MX, it's about 150. So your odds are pretty good of being seleccionado at least once uh, if you are a regular starter in in Liga MX. So, I mean, what does that say of the competition? It's just not that much. That's why if you make it, uh, and, and, and you'll see some players that people say they're trash, but how come they're still there? Well, because there's not that much competition because their teams make money from selling and 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 it's buying and selling and from abroad, of course, they bring from South America or they could get them cheap and then they'll sell them, you know, just in Mex or somewhere else. And, and that's how they're making money. 
and and we've we've talked about like the comparisons with Romeo and and uh, Dineno. You know, is that is that what is Jaime? Is that am I getting it right? Yeah. Right, the Puma about... striker. Dineno and uh... Pumas... yes, yeah. yes, no, Romeo. Uh-huh. And you know we compared their careers, and it's like night and day. And so, but but that's why we're saying if if like if you were saying if Mexico would have crashed and burned and not made it to the World Cup, I I, I guarantee you that would have been the big change. They would have gone back to three three foreigners, or maybe um to three or or four, you know, as opposed to eleven, because you know that ultimately. It's it's a numbers game. So how are you gonna have more talent and develop? Because you need more spaces for for these players to play. But uh, the own league, the own the own owners and whatnot, they're not they're not giving it to the local talent. Yep. I, I I'm just tired of like, like you mentioned, like oh like the Euro like they're so much superior to us. It's like. At one point, are we are they going to start looking at us as a threat, or at, at least equals? You know, and I think that's the big shift that needs to happen. Well, I, I think I think some some teams do see that because, like, let's say you're going in the World Cup, and and you have Mex in your group, you're not going to see them as the easy team, especially with what what we've seen Mexico doing for the past. What is it? Help me with my maths here, cheekies. Since '94, over 20 years, almost 60. 30 years now. Yeah. From '94 to 2018. 26. Or... 26. There you go. For the past 26 years, you know that this team always makes it. So if you're in a group with Max, you're like, oh shit, you're not gonna take them lightly. Uh, and so I think that's that's some form of respect. Same with Max started going to Copa America, and they were a team that would you know, make it out of the group and, and end up, they made it to two finals and a couple semifinals. So I, I do think they've garnered respect, but they just haven't been, they haven't been able to do like what Croatia did or Turkey, even South Korea, where you you go on a pretty yeah, solid you, run. You break the ceiling, man. You know, and it's Yeah, like... they, they just, that's, it... that's been lacking because I, I do think Mexico's been close. They just had bad luck, like when they end up losing to the U.S. That was too. And you know, it's the messed up part is the people that do think this way or do want to break the ceiling or do have like these crazy thoughts. We make fun of them, you know, like Chicharito, who was like, "Why do we have to like limit ourselves?" You know, and then you know they end up making a meme about quesadillas and stuff. It's like, <laughs> you no, know, Hugo Sanchez for a lot of years he said. He said, I, I, you know, we could win the World Cup. And he did. He get clowned on. He got clowned on hard. Yeah, because you have to have that mentality and you have to have, like, that self-belief. But I feel like Mexicans just like to hate on Mexicans and then we just end up going in circles. Um, but Funes Mori will save us. I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 Christian Jimenez, Christian Jimenez, world. Junior. We, we have our own, we have our own uh, players born abroad. You know he needs, you know who needs to save us, man. Uh, Bella, Carlos, Carlos. The base of the national team, uh, Chivas, from the, from Guadalajara. Oh God. 
but the Chivas Femenil, hey. man, they just, they won the 8 0. I'm, hey, I am in favor. I am in favor of fielding the Femenil team for our next game because they are playing with more balls. <laughs> I, I swear to God, they're playing with more balls. They just beat Rayadas uh, 4 2, and, and they're looking better than our, our senior team. So I'm down. Oh man, I I need to I need to watch a few of those games because I haven't. Yeah, they're lighting up Twitter right now. Uh, more comments from Angel Mata saying, uh, "Said Funes Mori coming. Gracias a Dios. We got to get those passports figured out." Yeah, I guess. Uh, COVID might rebalance the world soccer, and Mexico will be able to. Uh, reach those levels of European success. We'll see. Um, social media ad revenue. Hmm. I saw uh, somebody on Twitter earlier complaining about how there's number one, the clubs that are in Liga Mekis, not all of them have an English Twitter account and like the ones that, do have an English Twitter account. Maybe like three of them are consistently active. <laughs> and like the other ones have been dormant for like months. And uh... <laughs> but because because there's no money, then they know there's no money in there. Um, yeah, we've we've talked about this. We've seen it. We, we've seen it. Uh, I don't know if you remember. And me and Chickies were keeping track back when um, Facebook was doing English broadcast of Liga MX. Oh, okay. You can see games on Facebook. And we would go in the chat, and it was all in Spanish. Yeah. And, you know, I would go in there, and, and I would purposely go in there and put stuff in English. And, no, like, it was just rare. Every now and then someone would say something, but all the chat, everything that was just, like, going was, was in Spanish. And, um... And then a lot of it complaining, why is this in English? <laughs> it's like, like, this is, didn't get the memo. Uh, but but so the, it's not, you yeah. know, I, I, I think a big reason, and we said it, that that the league, that the Mex League here is so popular is because of the Paisas, because we, yeah. we keep having, um, you know, immigrant community keeps, it, it replenishes every so often. And that's that's what keeps it going. Uh and and we had the guy Franco here, mm-hmm. uh, Walter, who's who's you know, he's in the, the whole marketing, and they're expecting the whole rating things to drop. Though he's saying five years, I expect it longer. I don't I don't I don't see it so so quick. Where's our boy? So uh, soon, where's our boy Nico Cantor nowadays? Uh, him and uh, what is his name? Ramses Sandoval. Or, or they the were the ones doing the English. They were the ones doing the English uh, transmission. Oh, there's, they're still, they still he's do. Um... He's doing MLS now. Mm. He's doing, he's yeah. MLS. Um, I saw a little. Uh, it was like a little. Uh, um, I don't know what to call it. A little vlog, a little story they did about Efrain Alvarez, who was born in East Los Angeles, and how, you know, he's already. Made his professional debut, super young, plays for LA Galaxy, 
and uh, you know his parents are from Mexico, born in, in Mexico, and and how you know all this happened so quickly, and how he's had the backing of like Ibrahimovic and stuff, and I believe he originally had played for United States, but then Mexico poached him. Um, so and these are the kids that were pandering to when we're on Twitter with these English Twitter accounts, you know, but I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like it's just stubbornness, you know, why not just how, like how hard is it to, to tweet in English, these games and just, even if it's someone that um, doesn't do this for a living, just get your, your younger niece to like <laughs> hop on Twitter and start tweeting. <laughs> You know, because you know, like do, do that. all the all the front office people in Mexico, it's all like you know in the family, you know. So it's sort, of, it's sort of like like La Pioja when La Pioja was starting beef because she was tweeting stuff. It's like you Remember know that, that the dad ended up getting in a fight with Martinoli. <laughs> so Pioja, you, you know, start some problems there. No, but that that is usually how it goes with a lot of the social media stuff where. They just have so very little money to run it, and and they'll just you know get get whoever's just willing to do it on the cheap. But they wouldn't, they wouldn't. And I think I think this is where they get it wrong, because they could get they could get some kids from here, some some youngins that just get interns, man. Dude, I bet no, but I mean you could get some kids from here. I bet they would they would be really good. You know, they might not have experience. But but they know how it works and, and they know how they're they're like the audience. So I, I think they would and and a lot of them would do it for free. You could just give them perks, you know, like if go down in TJ and let them, you know, they go in the stadium with a press pass. And oh, they, I thought you were gonna could, say go to Hong tweet. Kong. <laughs> Hong Kong. I was like, damn, I mean, that's, you could give, that's one way. You you could give them vouchers for that. <laughs> No, I'm just saying, like, do it as like a, free a meal like a Hong Kong. Like a, like a, like a college <laughs> credit. No, like a college credit or like, you know, interning or something. College credit? College credit for going to Hong Kong? Or, no, or... no, no, no. For the, for no, the, you... the social media. <laughs> no, yeah. You, you, you know, you can and you, you just have to reach out because it's like, uh, like if anyone's studying sports marketing or yeah. whatnot. So, yeah, you just reach out. Like, and but see, sometimes it's like, just because it, I guess it takes time and it's not worth it for them. They don't, mm. they don't care to do some of this stuff. But I do bet, like, if you're listening out there, some youngster, you could, if you're going to school or doing that, you could reach out to some of these teams, uh, especially if you're by the frontera, and and try to get something like that going. Yeah. Uh, but the only thing is that a lot of times. It like like the the PR and or like not the PR like the media department for some of these teams is just bad. Like like you could have oh it's terrible direct. You could have and I'm not gonna name names, but a friend of mine had uh the, they gave him the WhatsApp to the dude in charge of accreditation, and he even had the phone number. Dude wouldn't return a call. <laughs> And I'm like, man, that's so unprofessional. And it's like, and and so you do get that, man. You you do get that where it's like it's unorganized. 
Yeah, it is. It, you don't get is. an iPad when you enter the stadium with your schedule. You know, you kind of just have to find someone that's <laughs> wearing a suit, and you're like, all right, I'm sure this guy can get me into the press box or something. <laughs> no, but yeah, you know, because it is, it is, and and I, I got to, I when I started covering the sport here, it was before Soccer United marketing, and you had the different, different like promotoras, like they would be in charge, like Soccer 2000, Inter America, and you had all these different different um companies that would that would do the whole you know they they would they would organize the games and it was just more difficult to to get through and then once soccer united marketing came in they just had you could email you could call and it was just night and day and then if you did get accredited i would get an email with the all the info i needed man from yeah. the flight they're coming in on this flight at this airport. They're staying at this hotel. Practices at this time. Practices at this place. Uh, and then it's like, uh, you know, and and set up, set up like, okay, there's gonna be interviews at this time and whatnot. And so, man, major props for the old reporters because they had to run around, you know, trying to figure all this stuff up, you know. Just trying like, to trying to scrunch for that info and then just yeah chase chase the team around and 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 if you didn't have connects you pretty much had to be like trying to ask people and they wouldn't tell you because you know you wanna you wanna have the exclusive mm-hmm. uh, you wanna you wanna get the nota so yeah it was more more it was more competitive in that way now it's now it's like more friendly now. But yeah, yeah, that's that's just Max, dude. There's still there's still Wild West in that regard. Not not all the time, but but many times, yeah. Uh, so like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, um, Liga Guardianes 2020 will kind of be taking a back seat for now. The attention will be on the national team. They play Holland's. On October 7th, that's this Wednesday at 11.45 a.m. And then they will also play um, Algeria on October 13th. So keep out for those two matches. Maybe uh, maybe we'll get another victory. Who knows? Uh, the last time we played, I think we beat Holland, thanks to Carlos Vela. So I'm excited to see what how these boys match up uh in 2020 um but yeah uh what is there any other closing thoughts you have yes just the liga man it's it should get pretty good i know it's 12 teams but there's a lot of room for slip-ups uh but it 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 should and, and i know a bit of contradiction one of the things i said in the past about you're gonna have to try to not qualify, and it, and it does seem that way for <laughs> for some yeah. teams. It's harder to not qualify at this point. <laughs> but so it's twelve teams. Uh, the top four are automatic into Liguilla. That's Leon Cruz Azul, America, and Pumas. And then the five to twelve: Tigres, Monterrey, Pachuca, Chivas, Toluca, Santos, Puebla, and Juarez. Dude, Juarez made it in, dude. And uh, the last, the the 
the, the teams that are on the outside looking in, Cholos, Atlas, Querétaro, Necaxa, Mazatlan, and St. Louis. And I think St. Louis, that big, you could probably count them out. They still got single Maybe. digits, man. Eight points. Yes, because they have single digits. And while they have a chance to qualify, <laughs> it's funny, man. Yeah, because if they win two games, you two know, games, they're they back could, in four, they could, fourteen points, they man. Could practically jump into twelve. But I think having that minus thirteen goal differential is going to hurt them. Yeah, and and so I I could bet on them not making it. And Mazatlan with boy, I, I just don't see that that institution being too serious. And and just they they lack the players. Um, same when the Caxa, they just have one one of those seasons del olvido. I could I could probably see these three, these three not making it. But yeah, I mean, Querétaro, Alas, and Cholos are still they're still there, yeah. man. They're still they're still clawing. I mean, the Caxa potentially, well, but but the Caxa sold just... all their players to Chivas, so they don't really have. <laughs> <laughs> which by the way apparently they haven't paid for them yet so kind of an awkward situation the check bounced man because <laughs> Chivas Chivas leading up to that match against Necaxa were like oh don't they look so much better wearing you know Chivas uniform it was like uh, Alexis Peña, Chicote and uh, I forgot the third player oh uh, Canelo and uh, then Nick Cox, I tweeted back, yeah, you guys haven't paid yet. <laughs> <laughs> you should be like, checks on the mail, man. It's, 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 been, it's been held up due to COVID. <laughs> hey, man, we're waiting for that stimulus check, okay? You know, but it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> the second stimulus check. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, thing. Yeah, we'll be doing uh, match day fourteen predictions next week because uh, those won't, those matches won't happen until, again, ten days from yeah. now. So ten. That's and that's the thing. I think uh, ten days. I think that's that's gonna be good for for Buse. You know, just because he hasn't had like much time to work with the squad. He pretty much came in and at full swing. With a lot of stuff going on, from players being suspended to getting sick with COVID, to double jornada and whatnot, so yeah, that's true. He came in through rough, rough, and rough the- situation. But I do think having this, this time to just you know relax. Yeah, just work with the team more and not have to worry mm-hmm. so much about like like uh, um, I have to yeah. play this guy or not, or he's going to. I, I do think he could work. So I, know, I know the big complaint is how the team hasn't looked. They haven't played, and it's boring, and they haven't played nice and whatnot. But hey, give this guy a break, man. It's not, it's not as easy as it seems. Fortunately for Chivas, the only player that got called up for these European matches uh, was Tiba uh, Sepulveda. So he's the only player that will be making that trip abroad. Uh, so Vuse will pretty much have the most most of the team uh, to himself. But uh, I'm very excited to see what happens against Holland. Um, and, uh, you know, like our YouTuber comments mentioned, you know, the 
this this Holland team is pretty impressive. They have big name players, but eh, I would I would not rule out the what Mexico can do, especially with Raúl Jiménez playing really well right now and Decatito as well. It's a shame we don't have we won't have Chucky, but um, I think it'll be some com- some entertaining stuff. Um, but yeah. Thanks to everyone in the comments tonight and for everybody hopping on. And uh, we'll make sure to catch you guys uh, next week.